Hi, and welcome to the Normally Amazing Show, where we are fascinated by normal people who do really amazing things, amazing people who do really normal things, and our amazing God who interacts with our very normal lives. I'm your host, Janet Milan. Let's dive in. This morning, I succeeded in getting up earlier than normal, which has been harder for me lately, to be honest. You know, when my kids were little, littler, I had to get up early in order to get any time to myself because once they were awake, it was like um, they needed me, they needed, you know, all the things. And if I wanted to start my day in alone time with the word, I really had to fight for it. You know, inevitably too, it was so funny if I would succeed in getting up early with my Bible when my kids were little and I'd be quietly reading. Those were the days that they always seemed to get up early too and come in and interrupt, but it was just so crazy. And I think some of you are probably in that phase of life right now where you're like, man, will they ever just let me have time to myself? And the answer is yes, I believe someday they will. <laughs> and that's the kind of season I'm in right now where my kids are all teenagers, although Lucy won't be a teenager for too much longer. And they're not just, you know, constantly needing things. You know, they can make their own food and that kind of thing and, you know, take themselves to the bathroom. <laughs> and so I can actually get time to myself because I have a flexible work from home schedule to, I can get time to myself and with the Lord pretty easily. But, you know, there's something about getting up in the morning early before anyone's even awake and I'm not sure what it is, and I know some people have their time at night, and I get that. That's just not who I, it's not what I do anymore. I just can't, I'm not as clear-headed then. But recently, my friend Stephanie Banks was telling me how she's been getting up earlier, like before her kids get up, and she has two little kids, and so she's been getting up before they get up and having her time alone in the Word. And when she said that, it reminded me of how special that was. Those those minutes, those moments before everyone is awake, before the house is awake. And I decided I wanted to reinstill that back into my life as much as possible because it was just such a treasured time for me. When I do that, it's just, I don't know, it's just a, a treasured time is the best I can say. It's just totally undistracted. No one's going to call or text that early in the morning and no one's going to need me for anything that early in the morning. So this morning I did that, I succeeded in getting up earlier and was sitting out on my couch and lit a candle and had a cup of coffee and my little dog snuggled up on my lap to keep me warm and also because she's completely codependent and likes to be touching me at all times. So, <laughs> so I guess there is somebody who does need me that early in the morning but she just wants me to hold her so that's fine. And I was rehashing with the Lord, my husband and I are, are in a season of there's, well, there's a lot of transitions right now. Our country's uh, in trans transition here. Next week is kind of a, a big week as far as the election goes. Um, my church is in transition, as I'm sure a lot of your churches are too. Our pastor has resigned. It's, it's a very, that sounds like it's a bad thing, but it's actually been a really positive thing. It's not because of any negative reason. It's just the Lord's moving him on. And so our church is transitioning in the midst of all that. And our home, we're experiencing a lot of transition. My husband is transitioning out of graphic design into vintage car repair, repair and restoration. And actually, he and I are going to talk about that in a couple episodes together. 
So the business is shifting our business of me doing copywriting for businesses and Andy doing the design is shifting more towards being on my shoulders. And so I was just kind of hashing that out with the Lord, like, Lord, there's, I feel a little bit of the weight of that. And I want to make sure I'm providing for the family too. And, you know, doing, making wise choices and that kind of a thing in the midst of that. And just, you know, I, I, threw it all out there and told God all my feelings and all my concerns. And then I just said, I choose to trust you. I choose to believe that you are for me. You're not against me. You're with me. You are doing things I can't even see or comprehend right now. If I hear you telling me to do something, I will be obedient to it in the midst of this transition. Just my ears are open. And in the midst of saying that, like I choose to trust you, I was just Immediately thinking of Philippians 4, Philippians 4, 4 through 8 specifically, and I'm reading out the Christian Standard Bible. That's the version I'm reading out of. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any moral excellence and if there's anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. That's a portion of scripture I read a lot. I go to that one often because I often need to remind myself to rejoice in the Lord instead of just complaining about all the things and to not worry about anything but give everything to the Lord through thanksgiving and prayer and petition and and also just a reminder of where my peace really, really the source of what my peace really is. My peace comes from the Lord and that peace passes all understanding and that's what guards my heart and my mind and just another reminder about all the things I should be dwelling on. As I read that, I was reminded of another verse in Isaiah, Isaiah 26, 3. It says this, You will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace, for it is trusting in you. You will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace, for it is trusting in you. Again, that was Isaiah 26, 3. And I was like, hmm. So I'm seeing a theme, right, between Old Testament and New Testament that the mind that dwells in the Lord, that is dependent on God, will be kept in peace. At least one way that peace comes is by keeping our mind fixed on the Lord, dependent on God. We keep ourselves dependent on God, and that produces peace in our lives and peace in our mind. Then I went from, (laughs) I kind of bounced around a little bit, so... Hope you're okay bouncing with me a little bit. I was thinking about Romans 12, 1 and 2, and I'm going to turn to that here. And this is, you know, all these scriptures maybe aren't super unfamiliar to you. You've probably possibly heard quite a few of them, but Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. I love that. Then when we, we get transformed by the renewing of our mind, we are then enabled to discern what God's perfect, pleasing, good will is. And I don't think it's like, oh, my mind is renewed, so now I know everything God wants me to do immediately from start to finish, all the details, exact timing, and all of that. To me, knowing what God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is sounds like peace again. That being transformed by the renewing of my mind by fixing my mind on God, fixing my thoughts on Him, by being dependent on God, I can have peace about His will. That when His good, pleasing, and perfect will makes itself known to me, I can have peace knowing that He has brought me there. Or I can have peace that I'm in the midst of it. Even if I don't understand it, I can have peace in the midst of it. I was thinking about in Philippians 4 that I just read, and it says that, it listed all the things you're supposed to think on, you know, finally think about whatever's true and noble and pure and those things. And in the end, mine says, dwell on these things, dwell on them. And that in the original language is, is like, you know, consider that, meditate on it, take it into account. And all the ways it described that word about dwelling on those things, it to me over and over just said, stop, just stop and pay attention to these things. Stop and consider them. Stop running around like a crazy person. Just pause and dwell on these things. Live there for a little bit. Live on these things for even a moment. Arrest your life. (laughs) Arrest your mind and say, hey, we're going to dwell on these things. We're going to stop and pay attention to these things that are good for our mind. We're going to stop and pay attention We're going to stop and be dependent on God and not dependent on us. I love that idea of dwelling on these things. When we dwell somewhere, we we live there. Even if we're going to a hotel or an Airbnb, we're, we're dwelling in that place even for a little bit. Somewhere we choose to stop and stay. What are you dwelling on today? Tuesday is an election in our country. What do you find yourself dwelling on? Where are you stopping and living for a little bit? Where are you letting your mind put up its feet and rest? Are you letting your mind rest on godly things that are true and noble and pure and right and biblical? Or are you letting your mind rest in a place that it has no business resting? Does your mind currently dwell in a place of hopelessness, despair, a frantic way of gathering information, a frantic existence of what if, what if, what if? If your mind is being allowed to dwell there, guess what? Peace is going to be very hard to come by no matter what the results of that election are, no matter what the results of that test may be, no matter how things turn out in your marriage, in your relationship with your kids, in your relationship with your boss, your job, all of the things, the things that can come and try to steal our peace, if we are not allowing our minds and training our minds to dwell in places that are biblical and truthful and solid, then we really 
it's almost a ridiculous question to say, well, then why don't I have peace? Why don't I have peace? I was thinking about the, the, the when, when I was a kid, we sang a lot of like uh, Bible school kind of Sunday school songs. And I don't know if they do that anymore or not, honestly, but that was a big part of my childhood. And I remember the one that was out of Matthew 7, 24 and 27. It's like the wise man built his house upon the rock. And we had little hand motions. Wise man built his house upon the rock. And then the second part is like, and the rains came tumbling down. <laughs> and for the wise man to build his house upon the rock, the house on the rock stood firm. And you kind of go firm with your hands. But the foolish man built his house upon the sand. And when the rains came tumbling down, the house on the sand went splat. That's how we, how we sing that song. Now, let me read you the actual words of it, <laughs> which is pretty close to what I just sang to you. You're welcome for the little Sunday school experience. Okay, Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house. Yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house, and it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash. And the house on the sand went splat. When I think about that story today in terms of what we're talking about today. When I think about the sand, I think about emotions, honestly. I think if there's anything more shifty and <laughs> unstable and providing some kind of a mirage of stability, it is, it is sand, it is emotions. Emotions. My emotions shift more than anything I can think of. If your mind is a house, upon which foundation are you placing it? Are you placing the house of your mind on a foundation of rock, which in my mind today is the truth of God's word, the truth of who he is, the truth of why he created us, the truth of his character, are you placing your mind on that kind of a foundation of a rock? Or are you placing your mind, the house of your mind, on a foundation of your emotions, your feelings, instant gratification? It's all sand. It's all sand. If a storm came today, what would happen to the house of your mind? If the rain and the storm and the wind came and pounded against the house of your mind today, what do you foresee would happen? Would your mind be solidly placed in the rock so that it could stand firm? Or do you just envision your mind just going and just totally being obliterated by a storm that came? I could see when I was praying about my this time of transition in our lives that I had an opportunity this morning as I was crying because I was, I'm concerned <laughs> about all the transitions. And I was like, Lord, I just, 
I hope, you know, I think, I hope, I want, I can't, I can. I knew I was at a place where I could either give into all of that and just worry, 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 and then frantically just do, 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 and try to safeguard this process as much as I possibly can within all the strength that I have. Or I could stop and dwell on God's truth. So when I get up in the mornings or at some point during the day, I stop and spend time living in the truth of God's word and his character. I know I am setting up a safeguard of peace for my, for myself, for my mind, for my heart. I just, I know I am. And here's the funny thing, because it's really interesting that the things that seem to be best for us are the things that we don't always feel in the moment. <laughs> I think about that with food and and with exercise and with cultivating relationships and what we choose to read and watch, all of the things, the things that are better for me most often are the things that are continually placing good in me, even when I feel like I want something different. And that's why God's word is such a priority for me. Because even if I don't have this huge, like, supernatural experience with the Lord when I have spent time in his word with him, I know that that time I've spent dwelling on his truth is just putting like these nutrients in my soul and my heart. It's, it's, it's guarding me for anything that would come my way. Like there's this sense of strengthening from within that is happening even when my emotions aren't connected to it. His word is powerful. It is alive. It is active. It is active. It doesn't say it is active depending on how I feel. His word is active and alive even when I'm feeling like I just want to go watch something on YouTube or read something else or whatever. The word that I place in my life serves a purpose of strengthening me and giving me peace. And it's funny, no matter what I read, it always comes back in some way to apply through my day, either in a place where I'm in a moment of crisis or pain or confusion, and that word comes back reminding me something that the Lord spoke to me, or if I'm in a place of confusion or fear, and I'm reminded of something of God's character that I read from his word that day, and I can just say it back, like, Lord, your word says that you are my refuge, that you gather me under your wings like a mother hen gathers her chicks. And that is who you are. And I take comfort in that. Some of you maybe woke up in a storm today. Before your feet even hit the floor, the wind was pounding against the side of your mind. And you still built your house on the sand of emotions instead of building your house on the rock of God's truth and God's word. And I don't say that in a judgmental way. I've definitely done the same. I think it's difficult at times, especially when you're new to diving into God's word or you've just been out of it for a while and you're kind of relearning how much you loved it to begin with. I think it's really easy to wake up and you're like, ah, you know, something happens immediately. You get into an argument with your spouse or a kid is sick or you missed an appointment or whatever, whatever, the, it doesn't take much, right, to throw us off. And sometimes all the things happen at one time. And in those moments, it can be so much easier to just grab something instant 
to distract you. It can be easier to do that sometimes than to stop and pay attention to the truth of God's word and his character. I mean, I get it. It's, it's so easy for me to pick up the phone in the morning and just start scrolling. It's just, it's like a mind numbing thing. And I don't think anything's wrong with scrolling, but here's the thing. When I do that, it, it just takes me down this vortex of, you know, cat videos and then political things. And then someone, all it takes is just a couple different, a couple different things to side sidetrack me for the rest of the morning and maybe the rest of the day, depending. But it's so easy to do because in the moment it feels really good. Like, ooh, did someone message me? Someone like my post? And did someone post that thing I want them to post today? And did someone release that podcast today? And I, I get it. But I know that if I choose to not do that, if I just keep my phone in airplane mode or whatever, and I go and dwell in God's word and God's truth and God's character and spending time with him in prayer, if I do that, it actually builds me up from within and provides the peace that I'm frantically looking for when I'm looking for instant gratification. I mean, that's what I'm looking for when I'm just looking for something else that my emotions are craving. I'm looking for some kind of peace, right? Some kind of happiness, some kind of acceptance, some kind of inspiration. But Philippians 4 tells us that when we think on these things and when we rejoice in the Lord and when we offer our prayers to him with praise and petition and thanksgiving, the peace of God that passes all understanding, that means our understanding can't even grasp it. The peace of God, that same peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. If you're looking for a guard for your heart and your mind, if you feel the sand underneath your house just shifting around as the wind blows, please, please stop and pay attention to God's word and to God's character. Dwell, live there, live in his truth, live in his truth. Train your brain to stop and put up its feet in the truth of God. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's true and alive and relevant. And it's like this bottomless treasure. The more we dig into your word, the more there is to be found. And I'm grateful for your word. I'm grateful for your presence. I'm grateful for your character. I'm grateful that today you stopped me from spiraling out of control into worry and frantic preparation. And you reminded me of where to find my peace. And that's in you and in who you are and your word, God. So Lord, for all of us today, would we find ourselves drawn to your word? God, would you give us that bit of a tug that draws us into the truth of who you are instead of to all the other things that make us feel good in the moment? God, would we find ourselves enabled by your spirit to push aside the instant gratification, the distractions, and even the shifting sand of our emotions? Would, would you empower us to push those things aside and say, I'm choosing to dwell on the things of God, knowing the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard my heart and my mind in Christ. 
Lord God, for the election on Tuesday. We cast all of our anxieties on you about that. We know that you are the king of all kings. You're the Lord of all lords. You created every person, every single person. You know the number of hairs on all of our heads. You know us intimately. You made us in the secret place of the womb, Lord, all of us. And Lord, you have not forgotten us. You see us, you know us, you hear us, you're speaking, you're moving, God. And we submit that election into your hands. To God be the glory, no matter what. May you be glorified and may your church be strengthened in their faith, God. And may people be drawn to you in the name of Jesus. Amen.